When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody, welcome along to the Rangers Rabble podcast, your Monday night phone-in. I need to start with a disclaimer. I'm in the midst of what is, what is currently a two-day hangover. I'm in quite severe pain. Um, I'm not feeling great. So in order for this show to work, we need the phone calls. And I'll bring up the number in a wee second for you to phone in. Um, but I'm not sure that I'll be able to get through this without some of your guys' uh, phone calls. So I need just to help me through this. But yeah, hello, welcome along to your Monday night Ravel phone-in. As I say on every show, I hope you're all well. Um, tonight I am joined by the old team, Wolf, Ryan and Kerr. Wolf, how are you? I'm not sure I like being described as the old team, but yeah, I'm fine. Thank you, man. <laughs> better, better than you. An awful lot better than you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Brian, my friend, how are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, first day at Ibrox yesterday for the, I think it was a couple of a month and a half, just work and just couldn't get to games. So it was nice to be back. <coughs> Met a couple of regulars in the pod. Um, I think it was George from Hamilton. I think he stays in Lancashire now. And Norman from Belfast. So hello to the guys. Nice speaking to you yesterday. And uh, it was a good result. That's all I'm going to say. And cared as JD's pointing out in the comments, no corner on because you're on. Um, rabble <laughs> drama. Um, Kerr, how are you? I'm all right, Martin. I actually thought the football was okay yesterday. I've seen worse, and I've not got a hangover, so I'm fine. Yes, you're maybe, well, need, you're maybe needing some people to say sort of hangover cures. <laughs> oh, you know, see if anybody's got anything apart from the obvious, which is just drink, drink more. Because I, I literally don't think I... My missus brought me home food. And people who know me know I like my food, right? And she even made sure there was no chips with it. And I still I had to eat half eight to the dogs. So that's when you know that I'm seriously, seriously ill. Um, but yeah, but look, the phone lines are now open. 0141 628 Robert is waiting in the background to take your calls. So please do get them in um, now. Right, okay. Another, I need, I need to own up again. Right. Um, so the game, the game yesterday, right, I don't, I don't handle alcohol very well, right? So I kept on falling asleep, right? <laughs> because I'm old. So my recollection of the game won't be as good as the guys. So I'm hoping that they can, they can refresh my memory. Uh, Wolf, the game yesterday, what did you make of it? Um, there's been quite a bit of negativity in the last kind of couple of games, couple of draws when they should have been wins. Um, did yesterday put your mind at ease at all about this team going forward? Not particularly, because the first half was, was god awful. Uh, no wonder he fell asleep, to be fair. If it wasn't so cold, I might have fallen asleep up in the club deck. Um, but it was far too cold for that. Um, first half was instantly forgettable, apart from the goal right on half time. Um, it was. There was, there was too many really, really bad passes. There were short passes. They were passing passing straight to uh, St Mirren players. It just wasn't good at all. I don't know what he said to them at half-time, but it certainly seemed to work because they came out second half of a completely different team. Um, the, only bright, the only bright spot in the first half for me was Ross McCausland, who I thought was the best player in the park by a country mile the whole game. Second half was much, much better. Um, but yeah, it was an improvement to the, the two draws we've had. I mean, the two draws, I mean, I've not been on since... The, the winter break. The winter break, the international break even. I'm wishing, wishing my life away. And uh, my biggest concern with the after the Aberdeen and Limassol games was that the manager had two weeks to work with the team. They came back out and they were absolutely dreadful. You know what I mean? So we got a win on the board. 
Um, so basically, the first two and a half games after he's had two weeks with him for an international break wasn't good at all. Although Aberdeen, we did, but in hindsight, in Aberdeen, we did play some decent football, but we just couldn't score. But yesterday was, I would, I would actually say, taking taking the emotion out, we probably played better at Petaudry than we did yesterday. We certainly made more chances at Petaudry than we did yesterday. The difference between we took them yesterday. But uh, I have to say that you probably won't remember it, although I'm sure you've watched it back in your. And you hang over Hayes. That's that second goal we got. That that pass from Todd Cantwell. That's probably the best pass at Ibrox in Scott Allen. Well, I mean that's that's a hard pass to emulate. I will tell you right now. Um, we have our first call of the evening, and it is Christopher and Falkirk. Chris, welcome to the Rabble Phone. And how are you? Uh, good, good evening, gentlemen. How is everybody? I've been better, Chris. I've been better. Um, what's, your, what's your point for the guys? Yeah, it's just in regards to uh, the Cantwell-Clement situation where Clement pulled uh, Cantwell off after 30 on mid. I fully support the manager uh, in doing that. I think it's we've been crying out for a manager to have the backbone and the integrity. If he sees something that's not right, he's not scared to make the big calls. And I think we've been longing for a manager for this for a long, long time. Uh, the last thing we want is uh, Clement feels a player's not doing it on the pitch. What we don't want is him getting kept on to 80 minutes, then hauling him off then, when potentially uh, the game's away from us. So making a quick snap decisions is exactly what we want from a manager. I mean, yeah, care. It's something that we have to, we discussed, um, obviously after the game and at the time. And of course, Cantwell. Not really so sure about the first half, but second half maybe came into the game a bit more and played a bit better in his more natural position. So it's not a case of you know Clements took him off after thirty-five minutes and said that's it, your time's done. He's done it for a reason. They've obviously been chatting and and we're maybe seeing the benefit of like what Chris says there, some good man management. It worked, Martin. It worked because he came back. He's put him in his proper position, like didn't do the whole night. I think, I think he threw him under the bus a bit the whole night. That's just me. I think if he's a strong manager, as other players, he could have pulled off other games, just like Toy Campbell. But for some reason, to me, he made Campbell a scapegoat. Maybe he put his authority down. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's great to see a manager having the balls to make calls like that. But there's been other instances we've watched Rangers where guys have been worse. They've not been taken off the park. So I think it's one of the ones. We're just going to have to put it to bed. Hopefully, he continues to play Todd at number 10. Though. We've seen we've seen yesterday, he had two assists. And he was in second half, he played really well. And start McCausland in each game. Because the boys, like uh, Mal said, he was the best player in the park yesterday. We're going to come Right. Well, Chris, I'll, I'll fire a question straight back at you. Um, the game yesterday, albeit slow first half, better second half. Um, you're saying that you fully, obviously, support the manager and the decisions that he's making. Um, was yesterday a, a positive sign for you after after two kind of ah, horrible games? I think the way we're sitting at the minute, where the team is, he's only he can only work with what he's got. But I think it was a lot better than the last two games previously. I still think there's still a few issues to be ironed out with players leaving and things like that. But I do think under this manager, we're still undefeated. So that's a positive. Uh, but I still think we need to get we need to give him a couple of transfer windows to get his own team in, get some of the, I'm not going to swear, get some of the nonsense out of the football club that we've got and hopefully bring in some uh, really good young players. And as far as the player trading model goes, how we play a trade? How are we going to do the player trading model for, for bringing Trent back? That doesn't fit the model for me. Yeah, um, I think the Ryan Kent thing's an absolute no go, um, Brian. I, I I do not see in any circumstance. Come on, bringing um, Ryan Kent back. <clears throat> no, I I think that's just people putting two and two together. Yeah, like everybody said, and getting five, you need to, you, you know, you need to finish that. It's putting two wow. and together, two and two together, and getting five. Can I just say putting yeah. two and two together, Brian? You, you need to finish that. You, you Brian, Brian, you can't let a guy with a hangover do the maths for you. Come on. No, exactly. Yeah. 
So, but no, as everybody said, the death, um, Kent had his time here and he's went away and he's not making a, a good job of wherever he is. So I'm afraid that's that's the bed he's chose. So he's got a lie in it. Um, I would I would envisage Clement has got his own players up his up his sleeve that he wants and guys that he knows well. Um, and with now, frankly, we've got the director of football in between the two of them with their contacts. I am envisaging a whole new raft of players getting linked. And as, as a lot of people say, though, uh, January is a, a dreadful month to try and get any transfers done purely because it's like a panic sort of window. It's not like a planned window. So it's not going to be an easy window. Um, I can't imagine there'll be a tremendous amount of signings coming in. So unfortunately, he's he's unfortunately been left with the, the rubbish that Beal's left. So that's um, um, that's no blame on him. But he's he's really behind the eight ball as far as the the players at his disposal. Oh, I was on mute. I done the old mute thing, Chris. Thank you very very much for the call, my friend. Um, please do call back um, soon. Um, great points as always. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, well, going to you with the Ryan Ken point. Uh, there's a few people in the comments saying that you know it was talked about on Sky Sports News. Just because something's talked about on Sky Sports News doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Um, but I would be astounded. Absolutely. I would be more astounded than I'm hungover right now if Ryan Kent came back to this football club. There's absolutely no chance that's happening. Absolutely no chance. I mean, he had his... He's, we've, we've spoke long and weary my thoughts on, on the way Ryan Kent was when he left. Uh, there's no way There's no way he's coming back. I mean, we need, we need to stop, as I said last week or the week before, we need to stop going back to where we've been. We have to stop looking back and start looking forward. I mean, bringing Ryan Kent back would be a complete, would be a complete waste of a jersey. We've got enough. Um, I don't want to say I don't want to call him waste. I don't want to tag him as wasters, but we've got enough um, players that aren't aren't putting out, putting up, putting on, putting it on for us on the pitch at the minute without bringing another one back that's going to dial it in. To be perfectly honest. Uh, I mean, on Brian's point about January transfer window, he's 100% right. It's never very good, particularly if clubs know you're looking specifically for a player for a specific position. Because, you know, they'll connect the price up because it's January. The problem we've got, I think we're going to have to ship folk out before we bring folk in. And getting rid of some of the guys we've got isn't going to be easy. And not just because it's a January window. I mean, we might have to loan them out, but who's, who's going to want to... Who's going to want to loan in some of our players on the wages they're undoubtedly on? Well, do you know what? Curry um, makes a good point, Kerr. Um, the Stands of Ibrox, his new podcast. Um, would Seema getting played in a striker position be an option? He has pace and a decent shot could cause all sorts of problems. With defences, Kerr, um, is that maybe an option that you can see as a bit more backup in, in the old striking position? Obviously, I would think anyway that we're all quite happy with Danilo as our first choice um, striker, not so happy with Dessers. Kmar Roof doesn't seem to be getting any kind of um, minutes up front. Um, but Seema's also been probably our player of the season, playing on the left. He has, Martin. He's come in. I know when he first came in, he didn't start great, but he's, I think he scored two goals. I could be wrong. But he's, I mean, yesterday he scored two goals, but his second goal yesterday he came in and I don't think he can receive the ball for Kent. That's when he's out wide and moves about, he's playing on front three, so pigeonhole on to playing up top himself or playing out wide, he's got to float about anyway the front three. And I think with Daniel, he's got a good understanding there. I think with McCausland there yesterday, can't be all behind. There's more openings to play balls like that through. I think when you've got maybe Lundstrom and Jack there and Lammers behind them, they struggle to get the ball through like that because no one of the players will take a risk and play the balls. Whereas Troy Campbell does because he's a risk taker and he plays the balls. It might not always come off, but he plays it. So Seema knows that. That's why he makes the runs. But no, I agree with you, Martin. I, I prefer Seema there. And I would prefer Danilo through the centre. And McCausland, listen, the boy deserves to stay in the team as well after. Just, he's never let it down since he came into the team. So they're front three for me at the moment. Are the three you go with every game? Unless there's injury problems or suspensions. But that's not even an issue this side. The main issue is the back four. But that's another point. Yeah, and we've got another call to make another point as well. It is Rabble legend Alex and Helens, brah. Alex, I believe you want to talk about the injuries which are right again. Alex. Correct, I think you've got the show on in the background, Alex. 
Wait, Paul, I'll just turn it down. The, the beauty of life, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to sort the new. <laughs> Just give right, me a second, will you? Hey, well. right, you're right, you sort that and we'll bring you back in. You give Robert a shout um, when you're you're ready. Um, before Alex comes in, oh, is he ready? Are we ready? There we go. Okay. Alex, are you, are you ready? What's that? <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. Right, go ahead. Hey, hello guys, how are we all? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad, Alex. Pleasure, Alex, how are you? Hey, boys, how are we all here? We're getting off to a bad start, which is terrible. Yeah, what's your point for the guys, Alex? Hey, the point is, guys, once again, we have got players that were bought specifically for big games not available. Yeah. We've not got the guys that were bought for the game available. Listen, listen, I'll tell you what. Can you, is that better do? That's absolutely fine, Alec. Can, right, no, we've got too many connection problems with Alec. Yeah, we can't keep that going. Um, Alec, try and phone back in if you got a better line. Um, but along, along, we'll take that point, even though Alec didn't get to make it. Um, about injuries being rife again, Brian. Um, is this just a curse now on our football club? Seems to be, doesn't it? It's it's only sort of happened in the last maybe couple of years or so, ever since the season where everybody was drinking the magic, the magic potions out of the, the physios were getting we were we're allegedly voodoo doctors and all this nonsense. So it has it's certainly been the last two or three seasons that we've just had a an injury list is as long as your arm. It's just ridiculous. And I think even Clement made that point when he first came in. He was quite surprised how many injuries there is, and you know the the, the this, maybe the types of injuries as well. So hopefully, once he's in and his medical team and they they can get right on top of it and you know put a stop to it because it's because every time you hear somebody oh they're going to be out for a wee while and then all of a sudden like Raskin now oh he's out for even longer and he's needing another assessment and they've had relapses. So something's not right and we really need to start getting a grip of it. Well, that was something, obviously, Wolf, that the manager mentioned at his press conference that um, that the Raskin injury is obviously worse than they first feared. There's going to be more tests to get done, etc. He's a massive miss because that is a position that we're really struggling with now. He is a massive miss, and you're right, we are struggling in that position. I mean, the thing for me with the Raskin injury is we don't know how he got it, we don't know what it is, so we've got no indication of you know how long it's likely to be out. I mean, hopefully, when Tom Taylor comes in just before Christmas from, from Brighton, the new head of performance, hopefully he can sort of, you know, sort of, sort of get a grip of some of these injuries, find out why it's all happening, because the very fact, I mean, I was, I was as shocked as a manager to find out that the players didn't have their own personal bespoke training plans. It was basically just they all did the same training. I mean, for me, professional sports these days, that's absolutely bonkers. You know, that coupled with the fact that they've got cryo chambers at the training centre that nobody uses. And it's, you know, it's, it's well known that that speeds up their recovery from injury. You know I mean? It's just, it's it's bonkers. I mean, I know that they've, stri they've stripped back, the, they've stripped back the, the medical team and all that as well, you know, in, in cost cutting and things like that. So, there's not so many people look, looking into the injuries. It's just, they seem to have neglect, neglected all that. And as as Timothy Sharp made the point there that was up on the screen a couple of minutes ago, we sign injury-prone players and injury-prone prone players getting injured. Why is that a surprise to anybody? You know, I mean, mm. Kimar, Kimar, Kimar Roof's basically sitting in the stand, getting well paid for sitting in the stand because he was always injured, but it's okay, we'll, we'll, we'll cure him of that. But we won't cure him of that because he's that type of player. Not his fault, no, it's his body. Ryan Jack's the same. Ryan Jack goes away with Scotland. He plays four games in a row for us. He goes away with Scotland, sits out the first game, I believe. Gets 11 minutes in the second game and he's now injured and he's been out for two or three weeks. You know what I mean? That's just Ryan Jack's body. We sign players that, that are like that and expect them not to get injured. It's, it just doesn't make sense. No, it, it does not, but it seems to be the Rangers' way at the moment. Anyway, we have another call. 
Um, Gary in Edinburgh. Gary, hello, how are you? Welcome to the Rangers Rabble podcast. I know, I know bad boys. Uh, thanks for letting me on. It's a privilege to be on all the time. I was just, my, my question to you is, I, obviously, the now we've got a lot of players that are no so good at the moment and at Rangers. The big question is for, and I, I just wanted to see what you thought on it, how, how many transfer windows do you think it'll take before we get to the Rangers that we all know? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, well, I mean, that is, I mean, Kerr's laughing, so I'm going to take that question straight to Kerr, um, because that is, for me, Kerr, the unanswerable question. Um, how many windows were, I mean, in fact, Kerr, just answer the question, because I've not got a clue. The bonus for you, Martin, how long is a piece of string? Mm. I mean, it, it could take one, it could take three, it could be under a new manager. We just don't know because we, we gave Bill a lot of rope and look what he's done. So I think we're come on problems first of all, sorting out the crap we've got before he can start to bring in other players to make us go forward. He's doing a good enough job just now with what he's been left with, to be honest with you. And like Will said, try to get some of these guys in long contracts and big wages might be difficult. You're hoping you get you've got good agents you can get on clubs elsewhere, elsewhere, but we might still have to be playing some of our wages because they're earning a lot. So listen, I hope it's one window to a push to get us back even challenging, get us back challenging to the end of the season, maybe one in the cups, maybe doing better, but we can't put a figure on it because we've been doing that for the last about ten years. <laughs> and we still not get a right figure. So I think it's just a case of we're going to have to be more patient. But football fans and patience don't really go hand in hand, does it? No, well, Gary, you asked the question, how many transfer windows is it going to take to get the Rangers back that we all know? Now, I take it by that it's not um, just simply um, competing with Celtic, but being successful across the league, the Cups, and again, having decent runs in Europe. So... If, if that's the question you're asking, how far away do you think we are from not being really that competitive in Europe? Because I, I think that the money's just is just too vast now. But how far do you think we are? If we are, in, if you do uh, uh, think indeed that we are um, far behind them, how far is it? Well, I, 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 in my personal opinion, I think I, before Bill took over, I think it was maybe about a, a, a season and a half. Since Bill took over and got ready players that we didn't have to get ready and bringing players in that we, we didn't really want to, well, some people might have wanted them, but I certainly didn't. I, I, it's put us maybe two or three seasons behind, if you ask me. I mean, I, I think it's going to take a good two or three seasons to get ready any of the, the rubbish that we've got there now because I can't see anybody chapping at the bit to sign the likes of Lammers or uh, or Dessers or folk like that and we need to let's be honest we're a business as well as a club and we need to get ready players in order to bring people back into the club as well so it's got to be a bit of pay so I mean I, I still think it'll be two or three seasons uh, watching football like this unfortunately Well I must admit Gary I do hope that you're wrong um, however, I wouldn't be surprised if you were right. And um, thank you so so much for the call, Gary. It's always greatly greatly appreciated. Um, and make sure you call back again. Um, I was going to go back to the game, um, Brian, but I have to take Gary's point there, and I have to take it to you as well. Um, talking about you know how many transfer windows is it going to take before we can get back competing um, and, and winning leagues and winning cups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Are we really? that far away from doing that. I mean, I, I'm looking at our rivals and I'm, I'm I'm not watching their games, but I'm seeing the results and I'm seeing people talking about their performances and stuff. And it would appear anyway that, you know, they're not um, playing that fantastic or that great and they're dropping points that they wouldn't usually drop. So, I mean, are, are Rangers really that far behind? <clears throat> Don't think it's... 
don't think it's as terribly bad as we're all maybe thinking. I think the best the best sort of estimate you would say was the, the January window and the summer window. That would be the absolute earliest that we could imagine. The worst you would be hoping for is the following summer. So, um, but it all depends on who uh, who who the manager gets in. I mean, it's all very well saying you've got a list of A, B, C, D, and E, and whatever other you know list you've got. But unless you get the ones you actually want, then you're you know it's 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 very easy to say you want a player, but it's getting it and getting them in the door is the problem. And then as 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 Gary was saying there. We've got a lot of people to get rid of as well, and they're not exactly sealable assets at this present moment. There are a lot of guys that are struggling, you know, Dessers, Lammers, you know, just to name a two, just to name two. But it's easy to say get rid of them, but then the players have got to agree to it as well. So it's 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 going to be a it, it's certainly going to be a revolving door in the summer. Um, as I say, I don't think there'll be too much in the January window, but some the summer. We're certainly going to see by then who the manager really wants to keep and who he wants to get rid of. Yeah, and I think the the, the biggest surprise for me was the wage bill. I didn't realise just exactly how high your wage bill was, and I think that's where you've got to look at the board and and you've you've got to say to yourself, our our wage bill cannot be that high, and we cannot be winning leagues and trophies because it was on par of not more than Celtics. Um, but uh, yeah, we have another caller. Um, Andrew and Fraserburgh. Andrew, my friend, how are you? Not bad, Martin. How you doing, sir? Yes, not too bad. Not too bad. What's your uh, What's your point for the guys? Good. How's the? I think, like yourself, I think you know. Long term, Rangers need a, a financial kind of sustainability model, basically, Martin. To you know, to pay the, the, the wages we've got and, and, you know, to try and bring through our own players by other people's players. The worrying thing in today's budget sheet, basically, there's still about £15 million pounds of soft loans in there from presumably friendly directors and friends of the club, etc., who, OK, are not necessarily looking for that money back in a, in a big hurry, but, you know... The, a lot of us are looking at getting other players in to replace the, the shambles that Beals left us with, but I just don't know how easy that's going to be, fellas. And I'd be looking at things like maybe Connor Barron at Aberdeen when he's coming out your contract or something to see if you can lure some of these guys, your own players, young players. But realistically, getting guys like Joey Veerman and stuff in, I don't know how you lads maybe feel. How sustainable will that be? And who will have to be bulleted in January? The only way, well, that stuff like that, I would imagine, is affordable and, and we can do it, is, you know, A, if we start to get some players off of the wage bill, right, which is imperative because um, the wage bill is far too high. But, the, the biggest killer for us is not getting into that Champions League every season and not getting that Champions League money. One year of Champions League money isn't enough to be um, buying in the likes of Joey Veermans for six, seven million with the wages that that then, that then brings. So if your model is relying on Champions League money, um, then it's not truly then the greatest idea to go and spend money on players that, you know, you don't want to end up in a precarious position, is what I'm trying to say. Well, they keep telling us that there's, there's four pillars to the, the success of the club, and the fourth pillar is the player, tra- play, like player training model. We don't have a player training model because the whole ethos of that is you buy you, you buy players in cheap or you bring them through your own youth system, like we did with Nathan Patterson, and sell them at their optimum value, which we did with Nathan Patterson. But we don't have anybody. I mean, if you look at it, we've got... You know, we've got the new director of football recruitment coming in, Niels Coppin, right? He's got nothing to work with. Who's he, who's he going to sell to, st- to start this player? I mean, they were on record when they, when they announced him as saying he has to, you know, get the player training, train, fucking hell, player training model up and running, right? And he's, no, he's got nothing to work with because looking at what we've got, you've got to say the next one off that conveyor belt is going to be Ross McCausland, who's just signed a long-term contract. Made it well known he's got no intention of leaving Rangers anytime soon, but he's probably going to have to to kickstart that, you know that pro- that program. That player and trading when, model. Both that's the fella. That. That's the fella. Yep, kickstart <laughs> that one. Yep, you know, and and then the next cab off the rank might have to be Bailey Rice, somebody like that, or 
or, or Zach Lovelace, if, if he gets through his injuries and gets back to what we think he can be. Now, the problem we've got with that is the, the range of support being the range of support aren't going to take too kindly to selling off all the prize assets that we're bringing through. But that's the only way it's going to work. And because of what we've brought in in the last couple of transfer windows, there's nothing there you, you can sell to kick, you know, to kick start bringing players in. So we can't be looking at, you know, like some Joey Veerman guys, like, we quite simply can't afford them. I mean, Andrew makes a good point. The boy Connor Bannon apparently is, is a decent player at Aberdeen. I don't really know much about him, but I mean, people kind of, you know, speak quite highly of him. And if it's going to take a couple of million to get him, Pilot's in contact, if that's what it takes, get him. Because if he's as good as they say he is, then he can kickstart that model because you can buy him for two and maybe sell him for eight or ten. You know what I mean? That And that and that starts the process because we need to start that process. Because quite because we, we've just spent the last ten minutes talking about how we're going to have to take a hit getting guys off the wage bill, you know, to bring you guys in. But we need to bring in money rather than just get guys off the wage bill. We need to bring in money. And it is, it is going to take a while, unless, of course, you open up the, the Rabbles purse strings and throw all your... Uh, all your all your profits into the in, into the club, and that's that's it sort of the, at, at the the stroke of a pen. Yeah, yeah, that, that means that the. I mean, I might just buy the club. To be brutally honest with you. Um, yeah, but Andrew, in all seriousness, you know, Scott Carney's making the point in the comments that at the end of the day, the club needs investment if we want to go out and and, and make all these kind of signings and, and and spend a lot of money. Um, what's what's your you asked the question? What's your thoughts on it then? Where do you think we stand and? The recruitment process is is the, is the new director of football got a massive job on. I would say so. He very much is going to have to earn his money, and that's maybe why they took so long to get the guy in. But I think both yourself and Wilf, you know, admitted that we're going to have to take probably a financial loss, and the likes of Lammers, Serial uh, Dessas. I think even Chiwentes so far early doors, but I don't know how much they spent in him. Maybe not a lot, but. You know, given Rangers' financial standing just now, one and a half million quid is quite a lot for, for a guy that's simply not, you know, going to do the business for us. Kieran Dowler, I believe, has asked his agent to find him another club, we're told, so that'll be one. But but part player, we need to shift the high earners, as you say, and I think the end of the season you'll see Ryan Jack and... John Lundstrom and you know possibly even Connor Goldson all move on guys That's, but we've got to start sort of recruiting in Scotland if we can or in England just be cute or in Belgium whenever and not have to pay massive wages for a start and massive transfer fees because that was Beale's kind of mantra and sadly look where it's left us well I mean yeah <laughs> I'm, 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 I always like to try and play devil's advocate and I'm I'm really struggling with that one, Andrew. Andrew, as ever, thank you so so much for the call. It is always always appreciated. And I know for a fact that we'll speak to you again on Monday. Thank you for phoning in, my friend. Um, yeah, Brian, this really wasn't the avenue that I expected to go down tonight. Um, <laughs> however, but we we shall carry on because I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know exactly how much Rangers have got in the bank. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know who's coming to invest in the club what players are, are looking to move on, um, what clubs are looking at our players, how much we're going to make in January, etc. I'm not going to pretend that I know that because I don't, I know nothing. Um, but from what Andrew's saying, from what a lot of people in the comments are saying, there's a lot of a lot of supporters worried. <laughs> yeah, I think they are. Um, I, I would like to think there's a, with the new manager and now with the director of football, I think there's got to be a, hopefully a little bit of more optimism in the sense that, you know, these guys can, you know, stamp their own authority in the team and, you know, do some, do some good deals. I mean, Juventus have been known for years. They, they've, they've, they're the masters of the free transfers. So it's not a case of because you're getting a free transfer, it means that you're struggling. I mean, Juventus. No, but no, but they're, they're also the masters of paying an extremely high wage. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there is value in the free transfer market if you just if if you identify the right players. It's just the manager now is in and he's it's going to take him till the end of the season. It'll take him to suss out who he wants to keep and who he who he doesn't. And we've just got to put our faith in the manager and the director of football that these guys are going to come up trumps as Wolf and Scott have said that you know the player trading model's got to work because. At the end of the day, if the player tra- trading model doesn't work, then that's we're we're really struggling because that's what a lot of our sort of income is going to be based on is getting guys, you know, 
selling them on for the highest value that, that their value. So it's, it's we've just got to really hope that these two uh, guys do 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 the, the work that they're they're all, they're getting paid for. So it's going to be a interesting couple of windows, that's for sure. Well, yeah, and I, I really I wasn't expecting this this line of conversation tonight. My head's absolutely fried. So. Um, I think we've got another call coming through, but I'm just going to wait on the producer in the background letting me know. And Kirk, if we can go back to the St Mirren game. Um, is, is the, oh, in fact, no, we won't because the producer has indeed put a call through. And I mean, I apologise if the caller's not called Jackie Boy, but he's put it through as Jackie Boy and Peter Brussel. Jackie Boy, welcome to the Rabble phone in. How you doing? Hello. How are we, do, how how are we doing, doing like? all right? Yeah, not bad. What's your point for the guys? I don't know. Well, they keep slagging Clement after his team selection. But he's he's a good manager, right? And he knows exactly what he's doing, right? He knows if he, he sells lammers and debtors who are rubbish, right? He's going to play them and try and get something out of them. Are we going to end up with losing a lot of money or are we too? That's just my point. I would, I would throw that back to you, though, and I would say that if these players are continuously underperforming and, you know, if we are slagging them or we're having a go at them or we're saying they're not good enough, if they continue to underperform and not play well, that's putting a worse spotlight on them, is it not, than actually just taking them out of the team? They're not good, they're not good. You know, you can't keep persisting with them. You know? Yeah, oh, sorry, I, I've, I've, I've took your point incorrectly, Jackie Boy, my apologies. Um, I, but, but, well, has Jackie got a point there? Is, is Clement playing it smart? I don't think I he's think necessarily I don't think he's necessarily playing it smart. I think he's just he's just using the players he's got at his disposal. You know, I mean, he had to bring he had to bring uh, Dessers on yesterday because he needed to put somebody up front. Simple, simple as that. You know, what I mean, he's he's hamstrung with what he's got. He can't play Danilo every week because he's going to burn them out, and we've got what nine games this month or so, whatever coming up. So you can't play him ninety minutes every three days. That just doesn't work. Yes, we can we can play. Uh, you know, play somebody else. Somebody else can play Seema through the middle, as we've talked about earlier on. But again, that's not his preferred position. He's he's either a wide a wide man or, or the second striker in a two up top. So Lammers, he's he's bringing on because because Jack because Jack's injured because Sofuentes is out of form because Raskin's not there. You know, because uh, Lawrence is coming back from injury, he can't do ninety minutes either. So he's only he's only utilising the players he's got because the squad's an absolute shit show with the amount of injuries that we've got. I mean, for a manager to turn and say, you know, the game last week in Europe, he, he couldn't play uh, Ross McCausland on the right or um, Matondo on the right because one's one's a, a youth player that you've got to obviously manage, the other one's coming back from injury. It just tells you how threadbare our squad is. He's got to. He's he's putting round, round pegs in square holes because he has nothing else. The square pegs, the square pegs are a winger. So I don't think necessarily. I take the point, and he has to keep playing them to try and you know to try and maximise their value. But for me, it's more the case of he's playing them because he really has to because he doesn't have anybody else. I mean, Jackie, how do you feel right now about this? Because um, you, you've made the point that Clement's playing it smart. How do you feel about this Rangers team and the manager so far? Um, are you confident that we can that we can hang on? I don't want to say hang on to Celtic's cocktails, but are you confident that we can keep up with us, keep up with them this season, and possibly go on and win the league? Oh, I'm very confident. Very confident. Good, good. Fair enough. Thank you very much, Jackie. <laughs> thank you for the call. Um, make sure you phone back. I think that was a first time call. Um, so thank you very much, Jackie and Peterborough. Peterborough, by the way, a place that I've never, ever been. No, never, ever been. Um, right, I want to talk, get on to the midweek game, but in a wee, in a wee sec, I want to go back to um, the game at the weekend, and I will put out another um, warning that I'm not feeling very well, and I 
Uh, would like everybody's support on that because I'm just not feeling very well. Um, Kerr, is that is that a first half against St Mirren? No, people will slag me or, or have a go at me in the comments for saying this, right? Um, St Mirren, th- I think they're still third in the league, I think. Um, but they were third in the league. Um, they had probably they've been the, the third best team in the league all season. I, I, I never thought at any point it was going to be a, a, a very, very easy game. But Ibrooks, we obviously still expect to win. But is that first half performance worrying for you? Um, or is the fact that we come on, get them in at a half time after a couple of poor results, gave them a bit of a ball, and we come out and played better? Well, about both, Martin. I think the first half shows. For such a large squad of players, we, listen, I don't like blaming injuries because players like Ruth and Jack have always been injured since been at Rangers, so we can't keep using that as an excuse. But I think this shows you the squad we've got is really poor, the quality wise. And I think that's why his comments are not surprising about it, about McCausland and the Camp Mill, because you have to play your best players in the best positions. Don't fanny about, and that's what he was doing, I thought, the night. Uh, I thought, again, second half, just against Mum. Whatever I said to my half time, I did jam out. They came out, they played a lot better. But I still think you look at our team, I still think the main issues we've got at the moment is the back four. See the back four, it's shocking. Tav, Golson, Baligan, because I sat next to me. I don't know many times he was getting turned yesterday, the big sitting on striker. And Barisic, we've not replaced that back four. That's still the same guy. You know, Baligan left, but he came back. But we brought guys in to replace him. But we're still getting back to these four. So it just shows you how the recruitment has been poor. So I think see if the back four was better. I think the team would be better because I think they want to be we want to be conceding as many chances. Listen, Lundstrom's on the answer for me and has to go in the summer when his run drags up. But you look at the first half yesterday, Jack Butler made a cut of good saves to keep it level. So he did, and that because we weren't playing great, but we got the team can't build come into a game, wasn't a cause on the super. He was only one driving at Sitman. Driving, he was going down the ring, he was cutting inside, he was trying to make things happen and he was trying to find a pass. But Dessers is Dessers, there's no point saying anything else about Dessers. He, I know he'd he done okay, he done well with the first goal we scored, he was involved, he done okay for that, but that's okay. We can't accept okay, we need somebody better. Uh, but I just think, look at that full squad, you talked about the wages earlier, but that squad of players have got now, if that continues to end the season, there's no one in the league. Because it doesn't matter how bad Celtic are, that's what our players we're always going to be worse because you'll drop more points. 0141 um, If you want to get your thoughts across, we're going to speak about a Hearts game in a wee minute, um, which I think is going to be um, an extremely tricky test away at Tynecastle um, on Wednesday. But 0141 if you want to get your point to the guys, um, Robert is sitting there. He's, he's got one of the see they kind of. Um, jackets zipped down with a t-shirt on you know that aye like that it's disgusting it's absolutely disgusting um, he, yeah, chest, he, he waxed his chest for nobody to be able to see it that's what he done I don't, I don't understand it I don't understand it um, the podcast is also sponsored by NordVPN <coughs> excuse me the link for which is in the description if you use that link you can get up to 63% off of a two year deal and there's loads of other deals there as well. If you want a wee um, VPN in case, you know, you need to pop to Germany or Spain or France to watch the football, um, then click the link in the description. Get yourself an HB VPN and help support the podcast um, at the same time. Now, well, I've not got time to take all of Kerr's points, right? But the one that we've discussed the defence to death, and I've no doubt in the coming games they'll be discussed again, right? But... The title of this show is McCausland taking his opportunity. Um, you've mentioned him. He has mentioned him. Um, by God, is he taking his opportunity? Yeah, of course he is. He's taking, he's taking it with, with, with both hands. And he's, as Kerr said, he was a driving force in that team yesterday. I mean, he looked, he was old for me, as I said earlier. He was, he was the only, only shining light in a, a fairly poor first half until we scored right on half time. And then, and then second half, he some of the other players kind of stepped up to the plate a little bit. I thought Campbell played played well second half yesterday. Um, Lewiston didn't, didn't, didn't do a hell of a lot wrong, but I mean, McCausland has certainly taken his chance. Um, 
he's done. He's 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 just a typical youth. He's he's not scared to take players on. He's not scared to make mistakes. His his goal on Thursday night's done. Done. I think done. His confidence or power are good. And um, I wish I hadn't put that full screen on me. That looks horrific. But anyway, um, but yeah, I think he's he's come on leaps and bounds. I mean, he's waited. He's waited this time for his chance because he made his debut. If I remember right, he made his debut at the end of the season before last one one four one at Dencastle when it was basically the youth team that won that game. And he he came off the bench that night as I remember that day as I remember. Um, so he's waited this he's waited this chance and I mean we keep hearing that the manager will give young players the opportunity. He's done nothing wrong. He deserves to be in the team for me. He's a he's a first team first team squad member now. I mean he's you know des- deserves to be to be there. I'd I'd be more concerned about what's happened to some of the other kids. I mean Bailey Rice seems to have disappeared off the face of the planet. You know that's that's a concern for me. If he's injured, can we tell us he's injured? We don't know. We don't know where he is. You know, um, but again, that was that was neglect, that was neglect from Michael Beale not putting him in the European squad because he doesn't qualify for the B list. But we'll have that conversation before. Um, but yeah, Ross is definitely taking his opportunity. I'd be, I'd still be playing. I'd be playing him. Certainly, be playing him on Wednesday. Um, I'd have no, I'd have no fear at all playing him in playing him in Spain next week because I mean the boy just seems to be fearless. And he's he's prepared. He's prepared to take folk on. He's he's. He's not he's he's not shy of Boston folk about telling him where he wants the ball, all that sort of stuff. He's not he's not just a little kid that waits to be told what he's doing. Because he's not a kid anymore, he's twenty. No one say if you're good enough, you're old enough, you know what I mean? So if you can't if you can't make it at twenty, that's the sort of thing we should be looking at. Players are 18, 19, 20. If they're good enough, get them in the team, see what they can do if they've got the talent and keep them in the team. Because let's be honest, that's the future that's the future of our club and that, that's what gets us back to where we need to be, which is what we've been talking about all night. I mean, yeah. I mean that that is that is true, Brian. And I'm going to say this right now. Please, everybody, don't jump down my throat when I say this, right? Um, I think it goes to show the problems that we have in this squad, Brian. And it's a squad that has quite a significant amount of money spent on it. I'm not interested in how much we've sold and um, the net spend and all that. I'm talking about. You know, the amount of money that we've spent to bring players in, I'm looking at Tesla's at three and a half million, Lammers at three million or whatever it was, then you know it's six million and stuff like that, right? Um I think McCausland's been very good because he's been different and he's been a bit exciting. I don't think at any point he has been absolutely phenomenal though. Yeah. Um and I think obviously there's still a lot more improvement um to have in Ross, but I think that also goes to show the glaring lack of quality that we have in this team. Yeah, and I think, as you say, he's not been phenomenal, but I'm afraid the bar is not very high for him to be better than anybody that's playing in that position or the wide positions. Um, you know, the, the, the other annoying thing about this is as well, Seema's playing well, but of course he's not even going to be ours at the end of the season, so that's another player that we're going to lose straight away because we're not going to be able to afford him at what Brighton are going to be asking money for because I think they paid £15 million for him, so they're going to be wanting a chunk of that back. So when when you're when you're relying on a twenty year old lad to sort of drag the team forward and you know help you know kickstart the team, then it's it's showing up the senior players and who the other guys that aren't sort of doing it week in week out who, who should know better and who should be you know more experienced than than young Ross. But I mean, young Ross is is as the guys have says has came in, taken his chance, and there's a bit of excitement when he gets the ball, as you say. Unfortunately. When, as I say, when there's a guy that's 20 is doing stuff like that when senior players aren't, that's the worry for me. 01416287237 to get your calls in. <clears throat> Excuse me, now get through to Robert, get through to the guys, make your point. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Do you want to talk about uh, victory over St Mirren? Do you want to talk about Hearts? Do you want to talk about some individual players? Whatever you want to talk about, um, Rangers related, 01416287237. Get your calls and now, and we, we briefly touched on it, Kia. Um, but two assists for Todd playing back in that number number ten position. Two goals um, for Sima. Um, there was a worry through you know myself, some guys on the pod, some people that, in the comments, what I see on social media that are we are we going to now see the old Todd that was at Norwich that disappeared for two years, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Good to see him come back. Good to see him playing his natural position and affecting games. 
As Martin, like I said, Darn Knight, if he played Campbell in his natural position, as in the only way he can play the Kendall really well, and he does he perform, then taking out the side, nobody grumbles about that. But it's when you play him in a diff, out, out of position, listen, he's done a job, he can do a job in the right. But obviously, the manager thought he wasn't there for instructions or whatever, but the comments after it, it got me the manager. But you put him back in yesterday. Like we've said, the first half he wasn't great, but not many were. Mm-hmm. The second half he created. He's, I mean, he created two goals overall, but the second half he got more involved. He was he was drifting a bit. He was tracking back as well a few times on the ball. But he takes a risk with the passes, and that's what I like. I know it doesn't always come off, but he's willing to take that risk. And when it does with a pass through to Seema, we score. So you need players that in your team. I thought Lawrence going to came in the second half as well. But you know yourself, Mark, when Todd plays well, he does stand out and he, make, he makes us look better. We create more chances. Yeah, he's not going to be playing like that every week. But when you've got somebody like that who can play in a position that he enjoys and he can create chances, why move him? Don't come out and say you can't play my cause or my tondo, blah, 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 because somebody's in a baby or somebody's only 20. That doesn't, that doesn't wash me. Play your strongest players and then take them off if there's no working point. Make excuses about it. So keep Todd Campbell there. Listen, if Hadji was here, I'd be sitting saying Hadji could play there as well because I like Hadji, but he's not here. So this moment in time, Campbell plays me every game before Lama. Lama doesn't deserve a start because he's not justified anything to be considered a, a first team for, for me. Apart from the goal against Dundee and a couple of tricks and flicks against Newcastle in pre-season friendly. He's not done a lot, Martin, so I don't know why he was getting game time there before Campbell anyway. I don't think that's something that anybody can really explain, to be honest. Now, we're going to touch on the Hearts game now, right? But just before we do, a comment for Sean, right? Now, well, very quick response to this, right? Because this is something that was getting spoke about in the group chat before we started. Nothing really that we can affect, to be honest. But for anybody who hasn't seen it, the new English Premier League television deal... I get the differences in the league. I get how well the English league's been marketed. Um, I don't necessarily always agree that all the games are total quality and value for money. I, I just think it's good marketing, to be honest. Um, but Sky, obviously, and just over six billion the new TV deal for twenty twenty eight. Um, well, f- with regards to the Scottish game, they don't even show the amount of games that they've got access to showing for Scotland. Um, I'll give you I'll give you sixty seconds, right? And I want you to explain to me, Brian, Kerr, everybody watching, everybody in the comments, what we can do to fix the TV deal. Nothing, because it's signed. That was a quick t- till twenty. It's signed till twenty twenty nine on, if effectively a set of tracksuits and a bag of balls each. That's what we get really in comparison to what what they've got. It was saying because the, the 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 clubs the, the smaller clubs panicked because they said well it's guaranteed money we don't want to put it out to tender because it could be another another satanic job when it just falls by the wayside and we don't get the money and even whatever it is the the, the pennies that Scotland gets in comparison that's big money to some of these smaller clubs that, that need that, you know that that rely on it um, so basically Sky's got four four um, old firm games a year till the end of this decade for next to nothing. Which is how they, which is probably one of the reasons they can afford to go to the, the EPL and say, look, there's a kick in the ass off a seven billion pound for a four year contract, and we'll show two hundred and fifteen games live. The only games that aren't going to be live on Sky in England are three o'clock Saturday kickoffs. And I heard that in Sky Sports News before I came upstairs. Which is which is just absolutely mental, absolutely mental, absolutely. Bonkers. And it's a it's obviously a conversation for another day because you know. Um, you, you see how well the English teams are doing in Europe. But most of the English teams now are doing in Europe, and the majority of that is down to the TV money. Um, right Sorry, Martin, what you have to also bear in mind, that's only the English TV deal. They'll also sell that worldwide. Of course, they've got international rates as well, of course. Of course. Um, well, straight back to you, because Wednesday is a game that splits your household. Um, as we all know, your good lady... Um, I mean, I was going to say unfortunately, but there's there a lot worse teams that she could have picked in Hearts. So I'll, I'll give her no, a this pass. Week, no, well, not this week, but I'll give her a pass on that. Um, but Hearts now have been reliably informed have moved up into third position in the league. Um, this is going to this listen. Tynecastle, regardless of how they're playing, is always a difficult place to go. We are not exactly in the best vein of form. This is going to be a tough game on Wednesday. It is going to be a tough game, but we've got a relatively good record at Tynecastle. 
Um, I made a reference to the game earlier when, when we basically played the B team and beat them four one a couple of seasons ago. End of season, you know. But still, but we do we do generally do okay at Tynecastle. It's an intimidating atmosphere. I think these guys will step up to the plate because it's an intimidating atmosphere. Um, I'm slightly annoyed that we've only got 587 tickets because I don't have one of them at the moment, which is really fucking annoying me. But hopefully by Wednesday something will come through. I don't blame Hearts for doing it because they'll sell out the rest of the ground more or less. So that's up to them to look after their own support first. You can't really have an issue with that. Um, it's these it's these other diddy teams that give us a, a minimal allocation and the ground's half empty. I've got real problems with that, but that's a, another story for a different day. I think we'll I think we'll do okay. Um, as Kerr said earlier, the defence is a worry because the goals we keep losing are right through the middle of the defence because teams know that if they can if they can get us to play a high line and throw one over the top, our centre backs ain't catching them because our defence is slow. I mean, our central defence was slow the last time we won the league three years ago. And it's the same centre-backs. So they're going to be even slower now. You know, I mean, Hearts, although Hearts are up to third, they haven't been playing well from what I've seen. I mean, they were lucky They were lucky to win on Saturday. The goal was the goal was a shambles. I mean, Shanklin basically just kicked it, kicked it in the direction of the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper let it bounce off and then went in. You know what I mean? But that's more or less all they had. So I'm quietly confident we'll get a result. Um as well, you're normally very confident, so that just goes to show. Um, really quickly, 01416287237. We've got time for one more call. If you phone now, you will get straight through. So 01416287237 to get your call in. Um, Brian, we've obviously got quite a run of games now. Um, so the manager's going to have to try with what he's got to kind of, you know, move the squad about, give players a a bit of a break, etc., etc. So you've got to look ahead and go right. What games do I think? I, what, what games does certain players suit? For example, um, he's got to go surely on Wednesday with what he feels is his strongest team. <clears throat> Most definitely. Um, I'm kind of hoping that the manager of the month, who uh, do carries on and the Hearts, you know, don't play very well on Wednesday night because. Um, amazingly, he's he's only played three games. I think, as Paul said in the comments, he's only played three games and he got manager of the month. So we've been unbeaten since Clamont came in, but never mind. Um, uh, yeah, I we've de we've definitely got to go strongest team on Wednesday night. Um, you know, as as, as everybody knows, Tyne Castle's a, a difficult place to go. Pitches the stands right on top of the pitch, very close. Um, so it's it's going to be another tough game for us, but as as well said as, as as well, we've got a good record there. It's, we've we've done pretty well in the last few years, so it's it's another one of these games that we 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 are going to have to just play December, like the just tick them off the list, just get a win. You know, as long as we get wins just now up until the end of the month, then that's that's what we're needing. And then we've got the big one the following week, but it's it's just about getting a win, chalk it off. Does I'm not really too fussed how we play just now. Um, because I, I appreciate that the manager's under pressure that he's not got he's not got the sort of players or the the numbers to pick a decent team from. So we've got to cut him some slack. So all I'm asking for just now is is three points. Simple as that. Do you go I'll along with that? The performances. No, but do you go along with that, Kel? Then it's just about the three points. Um, but, you know, yeah, people were complaining. I mean, people were complaining, though, care that you know about the first half against St. Mirren, how we didn't play that well. Um, they were a wee bit anxious about, about upcoming games due to the way they were playing. But at this time of year, look, we're behind in the league, and I get that. And we've had a couple of poor, uh, poor draws, and you want to come back and you want to see your team playing well and winning by three, fours, and fives. It's not always going to be like that, but. The Christmas schedule was always for me been about just get the wins. Listen, no can't play well and win at the same time. That's only certain teams can do that at this moment in time. And at this moment in time, Rangers just have to get wins. We, we want to play great, but with the squad of players they've got, I don't think we can do that. And when I think you know, game we will, but no, all the time. I think listen, Hearts are only great. I don't think Hearts are a great side at all. I think they're very pretty boys we. But they've got some out front that can put the ball in it. We all know how much Robert loves Warren Shankler. And he's always harping on about him. Uh, I think he's got a tattoo on him and his leg, I'm sure he has. But anyway, I just think, if you go there, maybe tonight, the same application we've done in the second half against St. Martin, 
we should be okay. The only change I make, I bring in Benilo, Danilo back in for Tessers, and I bring Suter back in for Baggins. I thought Baggins was shocking yesterday. I thought his passing was poor. I thought he was getting turned. Listen, I just don't like our centre-back pairing. I think the four centre-backs have got a very poor defensive. I thought Davis and Suter looked better in a back three when Clement came in and played that. But I thought I think in a back four they looked poor. There was only two of them. I don't think there's not one that's willing to go more and more. He's there. I think they look at each other and say to each other, you get it? No, you get it. And by that time, the ball's away and the striker's away. So I think it's a case we just have to go there, try and get a couple of goals. And I don't think Hearts score a couple of goals. I think they'll score, but I think they'll score a couple and get the three points and get back up the road for Dundee every weekend. The problem being, well, is that it doesn't really seem to matter who we play in defence. Whether it's Goldson Davies, Goldson Balligan, whether it's Suter Davies, whoever it is, we seem to be making the same stupid mistakes. So, I mean, on, on Wednesday night, and I never thought I'd, I'd hear myself say this, but does it matter who we play at the back? Does it matter who it starts should, at the back? No, it shouldn't really matter who we start at the back because if we start taking more chances up front, because we're making chances, if we start taking the chances that we're making, doesn't matter if, if we can see the goal because we'll score more goals than the opposition, which is how you win games. For me, the important thing is we score the first goal because I still think it's a mentality issue. When we go behind, we kind of go, oh shit, we, we're in the shit here. And then we, we, they pull the goal back like we did against Limassol. And the first, to me, the first thought was, let's make sure we don't lose this game now rather than let's go and win this game. You know, in Aberde- at Aberdeen, we didn't, we didn't really have time because we didn't, we didn't equalise till the, the Stonewall penalty in the 90th minute. Well, in five minutes of stoppage time to try and win the game, so you can you can excuse them saying, "Well, let's make sure we don't lose it from here." But Limassol would would what most of the, most of the second half to go and win the game. But for me, they were more sitting back going, "Well, we've already lost a goal. We can't lose a goal here." Whereas if we score first, we're on the front foot, and if they score, we're still not behind. I think going behind kind of spooks them out a little bit. You know, that's that's which is a sad which is a sad state of affairs. Well, oh, it's very 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 sad state of affairs. But that's but that's the way it is. It's like it's like the same thing we do with Aberdeen because Celtic drew the day before because the mentality what thing was well we could we could make some inroads in the elite here and I think it, it got in their heads. I've got no doubt in my mind that Celtic won on the Saturday we the one at Petardry. I've got no doubt in my mind about that because it's a mentality thing with the squad for me and I don't know why and I don't know how you get rid of it. But it's for me Wednesday night the first goal is absolutely critical. We score the first goal, we'll win by a few. Well, I mean, I, I, listen, that's fair enough. Um, all right, okay, score prediction for Wednesday. I, I don't even know why I bothered doing these, right? Because I, I think they're what, just absolutely pointless. But at the same time, um, I'm going to do it anyway, Brian. So, score prediction um, for Wednesday, please, Brian. And by the way, just so that you know you're on mute, I'm just letting you know that in case you were going to jump in there with a score prediction and we couldn't hear no, you. No. I was just having a wee thought there. Um... Two one Rangers. I've seen a more deflated reaction to that question before. <laughs> two one. He was Rangers. so deflated. And two one. Two one. Sima. Um, Kerr, could you do a bit more gusto? A bit more oomph. Oomph, Matt. A bit oomph. I say three two Rangers because I think both defences are pants, and I think the first goal scorer will be Campbell. Did you not also just say that you didn't think Hearts would score two goals? I did die, but I'm just contacting myself because I like to do that, man. I like to keep guessing. <laughs> oh, will we score the third goal in the second half or the third half, Kia? Maybe the fourth, man. Maybe the fourth. Maybe when the sun bins are introduced, we'll get the fourth period there. And by the way, Robert Robertson's right. Brian's not been listening. Brian never listens. Brian just zones out and then comes back in when he hears his name. Um, well, you never obviously predict Rangers to concede a goal, and you certainly no, never no. predict Rangers to lose. So no. I'm going to have a. Can I try and guess what your prediction is? You can. Right now, be honest. Okay. Four now. Three. Oh, well, I was close. I was close. Three now, Rangers. Right. Well, and I certainly hope it is. I see if it's Kerr's three two. I'll laugh my nut. Hopefully, my hangover's gone by then. Um, but can I just say a big, massive thank you to everybody for tuning in. Um, for all the people who called, for all the people who watch all the shows, you know, it, it's really, it really is phenomenal. Um, I don't understand how, but the numbers keep going up. The amount of people watching and the amount of people downloading on Spotify, iTunes, etc. keeps going up as well. Um, I don't get how it happens, but it does. 
Um, we will be back on Wednesday for build-up and, of course, then reaction um, to the Hearts game. And then we'll be back on Friday um, with a normal um, Rabble pod. And then, of course, we're back on Saturday for build-up and reaction to the Dundee game as well. And, of course, I had a really busy week last week, so the No Football Manager went out. It will be out this week at some point. I absolutely promise you that. So... I also you, believe, man. sorry, I'm going to jump in as I always do. I also believe there's another pod dropping tomorrow that was recorded last week. Or have yes. You all about that? No, 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 no. Coming out tomorrow. The interview's coming out tomorrow, don't you worry. Okay. That's um, fine. I've got, a, I've got a post scheduled on Twitter and everything. Or X, that's, 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 that's coming out tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, football manager about at some point as well. And um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Apologies if my speech was a bit slurred or I was a wee bit slow or I didn't make any sense. I don't know if I've told you all this, but I'm not feeling that well. So I'm, I'm hoping that I manage to get through it. So yeah, I'll stop waffling now. We'll speak to you all on Wednesday. Have a good Monday. Sports Social Podcast Network.